in Christmas, our greatest need is fulfilled. But here's the thing. If you don't understand what your greatest need is, you're going to miss it. You're going to get distracted by things. Um, it's nice that we exchange gifts in Christmas. Uh, it's exciting, you know. Uh, we go through a lot of work, you know, wrapping things up and so on. Um, and it's exciting to receive. It's exciting to, to give. And especially if, you know, you're able to give that one thing that just, you know, excites somebody else. It's good. Family gatherings. Uh, I love family gatherings. We're getting ready to go up and uh, we're going we're gonna to spend the night in the home that Nikki grew up in. And, and it's just, it's fun. It's fun sharing that with our kids. And of course, there's stories that come up and, and all that's fun. And, you know, it's even nice, you know, to watch one of those Christmas movies. You know, one of those Christmas movies where everything's pretty. And, you know, at first they go through some hard times, but then eventually Everything comes together and life is, is perfect. And you look at that and you're just like, I know my time's coming. I just got to hold on a little bit longer. I want to tell you this morning that is not your greatest need. And if you were given the perfect circumstances, you would ruin it. You would ruin it. Why? Because the perfect circumstances are not your greatest need. I love good circumstances. I love comfort. I love, you know, the presence, the family. I love all of that. But my greatest need is a continual moment-by-moment -moment relationship with Jesus. That is my greatest need. This morning, the scripture we're going to look at talks about the fact that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. There is a reason that Jesus didn't come in as the conquering king for Israel. Because they had already been given the perfect circumstances. They had been given a land and they had been given all the milk and honey of it and all the wealth. And uh, they had been given a, a God who was a father to them and led them. And guess what? They ruined it. Why? Because they needed something more. They needed God with them. But oftentimes we don't get it. You know, if you go back to the, the Garden of Eden, once again, the circumstances were perfect. But the thing that Adam and Eve were tempted by is they were tempted by the idea that they didn't need God. And what I want you to hear this morning is you are tempted by the same thing. But I want you to know you need Him. Whatever it is, that thing that you're waiting for, that thing that you're praying for, and you're just asking God to give it, and if He would just give it, life would be so good. You need to know this, that without God, you will ruin it. You will ruin it because you, you will over-focus on it. And there is no blessing that God can give you. Again, Garden of Eden, it was perfect. That there's no blessing that God can give you that without Him, you won't ruin. Many of us are living for heaven, right? Oh man, I can't wait for heaven. Uh, get rid of all the bad things, right? And it's just me and, and, and just everything's perfect. But the reason that it hasn't happened yet is because I'm still in training. God is still showing me that I need Him. Because even when I'm given the perfect circumstances, there's something, there's something I'm missing. 
And there's something that, that I, I strive for, and if I don't look for it in God, I'll look for it in all the wrong places, even when I'm in the middle of the perfect circumstances. Some of us fall for the idea that the reason that we make bad choices is because of our bad circumstances. Oh, there's no doubt it plays into it. But I want you to hear this. Even if you were born in the perfect circumstances, if you had the perfect mom and dad, Garden of Eden, they had the perfect dad. No sin whatsoever. Even if you had the perfect mom and dad and you didn't have any struggles and everything was just right there, you would make the wrong choices. Why? Because God has created you in such a way. First of all, you are a created being. You are not a God. You are a created being. And you are created in such a way that you need God. And thankfully, we've been created by a God who wants you. He doesn't need you, but He wants you. And so why did Jesus leave His throne to come to this earth? Because He wants to be with you. Matter of fact, He wants to be with you so bad, He's willing to leave the perfect circumstances. He's willing to leave heaven to be with you. And what I want you to hear this morning is this. Being in the worst circumstances with God is way better than being in the best circumstances without Him. Because that is the place that you will find the most joy, the most peace, the most fulfillment. It's not wrong to, to desire good circumstances. It's not wrong to desire nice things and good relationships and all those things. But the problem is this. The problem is, is that the enemy wants to get you focused on them so that you think they will fulfill you. And what happens is we fall for the same lie, the same deception that Adam and Eve did, which is you can be like God. And, if, and here, here's what didn't get said. And if you were like God, you would be so happy and fulfilled. You would not. You would be miserable. And the reason is you weren't created for that. You cannot handle it. It will crush you. Crush you. What you were made for is what Jesus said is the way that you enter the kingdom. You were made to be a child in the eyes of the Lord. To live as a child. To not have to bear the responsibility of, of all the choices that you need to make in life. I want you to know this morning, you don't have to make all those choices. You know what is asked of you? That you look to the Lord and you say, Lord, what do I do? That's what is asked of you. And I want, to, I want you to hear this this morning. You know, growing up as a child, I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to make all my own decisions and all that. It's awful. I, I just want to live a moment where I don't have to make a decision. Leave me alone. Don't ask me. But you know what? I don't have to do it. If I just look to the Lord and ask, Lord, you tell me, all of a sudden the weight of the world is off my shoulders. And that is why Jesus came to live among us. That is why Christmas is the greatest gift that fulfills us. The scripture I want to look at this morning is Matthew chapter 1 uh, in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 in verse 18. And we get just a small picture um, of the story of Jesus coming. But in the middle of the story of Jesus coming, there are other characters. And these other characters are us. 
Because Jesus not only came to be with Mary and Joseph, but Jesus wants to be with us right now. That's why after living on this earth, He left it. Scripture declares He left it so that the Holy Spirit could come. Because Jesus in the physical form at that time couldn't be with everybody. But in the form of the Holy Spirit, God is able to be with all of us right now. So as we read this, I want you to understand this. This isn't just some historical account. It is that. It really did happen. But I also want you to know this. It is the account that God is offering you. Your path is not the same, but it is the same in the sense in that God wants to come and live with you. And He wants to guide your life just as He did with the people we're going to read about this morning. Verse 18 says this, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to stop right there because I want you to grasp this. Again, we know the end of the story. So as you read it, you're just like, oh, I know who they are. They're the, they're the mother and father of Jesus. I want you to hear this. They didn't know that. When they got engaged, that was not the plan. What was the plan? I don't know, but that wasn't it. I want you to hear this this morning. This is how God will work through your life. You will have a plan. And that plan is not God's plan. Not in fulfillment anyway. God is going to take you through twists and turns because He has something else in mind for you. Why? Because you are not God. Do you want to experience peace and joy? How do you experience that? You turn it over to God. We have two choices in this life. You, so you get told you can do whatever you want. You cannot. You cannot do whatever you want. That is total baloney. You have two choices. You can go with the path that God has for you, or you can resist it. Those are your two choices. If you resist it, what you are also resisting is a relationship with the Lord. And I want you to hear that this morning, because we also get told the idea that you can have Jesus and go your own path. No, you cannot. You cannot make Jesus your Savior without making Him your Lord. He is both. And if you want Jesus, you have to make Him both. And so if you are not experiencing Him this morning, and you're mad about that, and you're kind of like, well, why, why am I not experiencing Jesus like some of these other people do? Does He not like me as much? What's the problem? Well, it could be the fact that you are not doing what God is asking. Does that mean you have to be perfect and, and, and no, not at all? That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is, when God says move this way, and you say, no, I'm going to go this way, you are going to be miserable until you finally say, okay, I'm going to go this way. I want you to hear this about their story, okay? Because you read the story and you're like, oh, that'd be awesome, you know, to be the parents of Jesus and to have this um, big thing that God was doing in my life. I want you to hear this. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. They just started off in life. They got engaged. And all of a sudden, something came to them. And, and nothing like this had ever happened before. A virgin getting pregnant. Never happened before. 
And of course, what's going to happen from that? Nobody's going to really believe them. I want you to hear this this morning. The path that God has you on, not everybody is going to understand. As a matter of fact, most people are not going to understand it, and, and that's, that's really hard, and it's really discouraging. You know, why am I here in Cesar, Illinois? I've told this to you before, but before we moved to Cesar, never even heard of it. Never even knew it existed. I am here for one purpose and one purpose alone. God told me to come, okay? That's why I'm here, but it's come to bring the gospel. Now, am I doing other things in the midst of that? Absolutely. Do I love being here and love being a part of this community? Absolutely. But I'm here for one reason and one reason alone, and that's to bring the gospel. Do you know how many people in this community appreciate that? Probably less than 5%. Thank you. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> but honestly, most people don't. They could care less. And, and they, don't even, they don't even accept that that's why I'm here. You know, maybe it's the, the great surroundings. I mean, Red Lake's nice, but, you know, no, that's not why I'm here. Maybe it's the great people. You're nice people, but, you know, no, that, 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 that's not why I'm here. Maybe it's the, you know, amazing salary that I get paid in this county of Illinois that is so wealthy that everybody's moving here. Everybody knows that's not true, okay? No, I'm here because God led me here. Now, here's the thing. I'm not unique. I'm a little odd, but I'm not unique. God has a path for you. He really does. And that path, if you will accept it, you need to know this. Most people are not going to understand it. They're the people that love you, that, you know, so on, they're not going to get it if they're not open to the Lord as well and they're not truly following Him. So, Jesus is your greatest need. He'll be your greatest fulfillment. He will give you the peace and joy. But I need to tell you this up front. You're going to come up against people who don't get it. And that's okay. You need to continue on because that's where you're going to find your peace and your joy and, your, and, the, and the fulfillment that you're looking for. It goes on and it says in verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, I want you to hear this, because in the midst of what God is doing and is calling, there's confusion. Joseph is confused. He doesn't understand what's going on. And he's getting ready to do something that goes against God. In the midst of your journey, there's going to be confusion sometimes. You're not going to get it, and, and you're going to have you know, other ideas. It's, it's not going to be easy. But in the midst of that, God is always going to provide. God provided here. He provided in a unique way, and we're going to see how He did that. Verse 20 says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now when you read that, you may be thinking, man, that's awesome. An angel appeared to Joseph. I want an angel to appear to me, right? I want an angel to appear to me and say, this is what you need to go do. I want you to hear this this morning. If an angel appears to you, 
you are in deep doo-doo. It means that um, the gates of hell are coming against you and you need rescued. You see, once again, I don't think we fully appreciate what Joseph was up against. What Joseph was up against and the culture that he was in was to be rejected forever and seen as less than. Because if it was found out that his wife had been with somebody else before being married, it's going uh, to be ugly. And all of a sudden, all these doors that would have been open for Joseph, they're going to be closed. And so an angel comes to him and says, Joseph, no, that's not what's happening here. But I want you to hear this again. Nothing like this had ever happened before. You know, sometimes I get nervous when uh, I'm wondering what the future is going to bring. And, you know, I've seen God provide in a similar situation before, but I don't know how he's going to do it. And I get, I get really nervous. In this situation, nothing like it had ever happened before. Not only in Joseph's life, but in nobody else's. But this is how God likes to work. And when God stretches you and stretches you in a major way, He provides what we need. And so an angel comes to him and says, don't be afraid. Why would he say don't be afraid? Because Joseph is clearly afraid. We're not told that, but I can tell you that's what's going on. Joseph is scared here. He doesn't know what to do. Um, he clearly cares about Mary. He wants to do what's right. But he is scared as to what is going on. Verse 22 says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through His prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now here's the big thing that Joseph did. I want you to catch what he did there. He obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the Lord even though none of it made sense. How can my wife be pregnant? How can that possibly be? I mean, I know he's saying it's from God, but how can that possibly be? Even if I believe that, nobody else is going to believe it. But Joseph made the decision. I'm going to obey God. So here's the question. Where are you at right now? God's asking you to obey, but it doesn't make sense to you. Again, you have one of two choices. You know, and, and this, is, this is one of the tragedies of the church. One of the tragedies of the church is that you can say a little prayer that says, Yes, Jesus, be my Savior, and then you can go live however you want. That is not scriptural at all. Am I talking about being perfect? Heaven's no. Am I talking about being close to perfect? No way. What I'm talking about is we follow the Lord. Do I always do that? Oh no, it's always a wrestling match. 
It's always a wrestling match. God's saying, go this way, and I'm like, uh, I know you've always been faithful, God, but I really don't want to do that. Maybe it involves some humility, whatever it is, or maybe it involves the unknown. I don't want to do that. But me having my greatest need fulfilled, in order for that to happen, I've got to say yes. Because the greatest need inside of me is God with me. That's my greatest need. For those of you who've, who've lived some life, you've experienced some of that. Maybe you've experienced some of the things that you've been praying for. The job, the relationship, the things, the vacations, whatever it is. What do you find? You find that it doesn't bring the fulfillment you need. Is it nice? Yes, absolutely. But what brings that fulfillment? It's always Jesus. And so Joseph said yes. And what happened from that? Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy at all. But Jesus was with them the entire time. This morning, there's, a, there's an offer being made to you. And the offer is Jesus. He wants to be with you. Do you want to make Him not only your Savior, but your Lord? Because if you will make Him your Lord, He will be your Savior. You know, again, many of us, we're, we're, we're living for heaven. We're looking for heaven. But here's the thing. Uh, scripture declares only those born again can enter into heaven. Why? Because if we're not born again and we enter into heaven in the state that we're in, we'll ruin it. We will ruin it. Why? Because we do not believe that God is enough. God is enough for you. Whatever your circumstances, if you are walking with the Lord, God is enough. When you embrace that, you free yourself up to be blessed. You free yourself up to be blessed because you're not going to start to worship the blessing. Is there something here this morning that you're praying for and you're wondering why not God's not giving it? Maybe He's waiting. Maybe He's waiting until your heart gets to that place that you say, God, even if you don't answer this prayer the way I'm asking, you're enough. And maybe when you get to that point, you'll be free to receive it because you won't worship it. If Jesus is not your Lord this morning, make Him your Lord. He is the greatest need of your life. Father, this morning,